The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight, we dive into much-needed financial education. Yes, at Veritas, we like to cover everything that matters. And financial health is crucial, especially during times of turmoil and uncertainty. Aside from the Great Recession, the past two years have tested every human being, especially those who have to provide for themselves and their families. Our inflation rate is at 7.5% as of January 2022, and this is before the Ukraine-Russia conflict. And this is expected to continue rising. If you're only putting your money in the bank, you're losing money. The bank gives you negative 1%, and inflation is taking 7.5%. You need to find ways to make your money produce. You need to establish a financial foundation by protecting your money, by managing your debt, by creating an emergency fund, and by investing. That is why I want to use the Veritas platform tonight to help you navigate and find new financial solutions. I want to bring the best out of you, to find your hidden talents, and take the fear away from you. I know most of my listeners are talented, but many write to me asking for advice on how to improve your finances. You'll be very happy with tonight's guest. So stay with us. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, Join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and more. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, Rebounders, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Rory K. Douglas is a financial educator, best-selling author, and high-performance life coach. He is the founder of Aqua Financial Center in Woodland Hills, California. He's on a national campaign to spread financial literacy. His newly released book, Cracking the Rich Code, is an Amazon international bestseller all over the world. Rory collaborated with powerhouse speakers like number one New York Times bestselling author and business strategist Tony Robbins, American number one success coach Jim Britt, and the star of the hit show Shark Tank, Kevin Harrington. Rory was recently honored as one of the top 100 global leaders in insurance and finance. His website is RoryKDouglas.com. And tonight, to help us crack the financial code, I'd like to introduce from Southern California, the financial gentleman himself, Rory K. Douglas. Hello, Rory, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Man, I am doing phenomenal on top of the world. If it gets any better, I'm going to complain, Mel. <laughs> well, let me just tell the audience how I found you. You know, a lot of people criticize TikTok in many ways, but it's, it is so effective in conveying information in a matter of 30 seconds to two minutes. You have caught the attention of many, many people, including me. And I've been following your work for the past, I believe, a year or two now. And I decided to bring you in for 
two reasons. First, because of the unique way in which you teach people. And number two, because for the last two years, people have suffered a lot financially and they're looking for ways to improve their lives. So what a great combination and opportunity to bring you here today. But first, who is the financial gentleman, Rory Douglas? Take us back to when you were considered a troubled youth. Wow. You know, um, my beginning wasn't that rosy. I uh, basically came up in the south side of Chicago, Illinois. Um, and um, when I was in school, right now I'm 57, but when I was in school as a young child, I got kicked out of every elementary school and every high school. And as you said, I was labeled as a troubled youth. It wasn't because I was a bad student. I mean, I could actually listen to the teacher and recite their words word from word. However, I had a disability that was unbeknownst to me that was called dyslexia. I read things backwards. So being embarrassed of my disability, not being able to understand why I'm having problems reading, whenever there was an open book or test, I created a distraction to get kicked out of the class, whether I was shoving someone or throwing something down just to get thrown out the class. So that's the reason why I got kicked out of so many schools. But it wasn't until I was about 12 years old, I was in the car with my mom going down the road. And my mom is my mentor. My father passed at a young age and my mom worked three jobs to take care of my family. And uh, my mother was trying to get somewhere and she insists, Mel, that I read some instructions. And I tried to do the same thing I did in class by basically trying to create a distraction so I don't have to actually face the challenge. But you know how mother's is. She insists, you better read it. So I tried to read it. I couldn't read it. Then there were some problems and she noticed it. So she took me actually to the uh, school and talked to the counselors and they tested me and found out that I had something that was called dyslexia. However, I tell people today that you can have a disability, but you don't have to be disabled. And I see people today that are dis that has disabilities that do more than people who have all of their faculties in order. So I always tell people, as I said, you know, I allow my uh, disability to be my superpower. So if I can get over that, I can get over anything. And one thing I've learned whenever you're challenged, this is for everybody that's looking and listening, well, everybody's listening, rather. When you have a challenge in life, uh, you get a chance to really, really see who you are because you spend a lot of time with yourself. In other words, I became the best actor of my life because I knew my limitations and I also knew my my strength at the same token. However, being vulnerable through my limitations, I couldn't really, really uh, be that 100% of my gift that I had inside of me. So to this very, very day, I use uh, that disability as my superpower. But I got over dyslexia, went back to school, went to the top of the food chain. I got great grades. And ever since then, I've been pretty much a serial entrepreneur. But if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't uh, change a thing because I tell you, and I tell everybody this also too, most people spend more time outside of themselves with very little time with themselves. So I would encourage people to spend time with yourself. You got greatness inside of you and don't be afraid of the disability or anything that you may be challenged with. Cause I always tell people that a setback is, is, is a, a comeback. It's a setup for a comeback. So that's what it's all about. So, that was my beginning. And uh, 
I'm I'm just so excited about what I went through in the past. That's why it made me be the person I am today. I guess that's how I would answer that. So would you attribute your upbringing to where you are today? Yes, definitely. I, I would contribute what happened as a young child uh, going through that disability. I credit that to this very, very day. How did you become this media sensation? Because you're using social media in a very, very savvy way. Well, I'll tell you one thing I, I discovered a long time ago, Mel. I discovered a long time ago that um, people, they really don't buy books. They don't buy music. They don't buy gimmicks. They buy you. And one thing I've always been, I haven't been afraid to be me. And, and that's what it's all about. If you could be you, you'll find out that there's greatness inside of you and your dreams are not a figment of your imagination. Just showing you glimpses of your future. So I believe in me. I'm my, I'm my number one fan. And I speak to people's heart because I've been there and done that. So people pretty much resonate to me because they know I'm speaking sincerely. I always tell people the way you speak, the tone of your voice says a lot about you. Absolutely. And this is what caught my attention. Now, you always mention have money for a lifetime, not for lunchtime. Please explain. <laughs> have money for a lifetime, not a lunchtime. Yeah, you know, it's funny because... Um, Right now, as we speak, uh, before the pandemic, the average American was one to two paychecks away from being homeless and one out of three in debt. And the average American family cannot even handle a $400 emergency. Yet we're in one of the richest countries. Why is that? It's not a money problem. It's a literacy problem, a lack of financial knowledge. So once you learn the basic principles of money and you learn what the rich and the wealthy knows, then you'll have money for a lifetime and not a lunchtime. So that's what my whole uh, campaign is about, spreading financial literacy, educating as many people as possible, because right now we live in one of the richest countries, but people are still poor. And my definition of poor is not a disrespectful meaning. Poor just stands for pa uh, uh, passing over opportunities repeatedly. Let me say that again, passing over opportunities repeatedly. Once you get the information, Uh, once you learn the language of, of the rich and the wealthy and you learn how money works, you'll have money for a lifetime and not a lunchtime. You know, I always try to remember the Pythagorean theorems that I was taught in school, and I don't use them. And I wonder if instead of that, I was taught, and luckily I went to financial school and all that, but most people, they were not taught even how to write a check. Uh, you know, a lot of the yeah. things that were taught in the, you know, the old days— how to write a check, how to make a budget, how to invest. Why is it that we don't teach that in school, at least in high school? Well, you know, uh, it's funny because I remember as a child, and I know you probably can relate to this also, too, that, you know, you had things in school like uh, metal and automobile and autom automotives, and you had, um, you know, home economics, cooking, whatever right. it may be. So schools were pretty much, they had the trades inside of schools. But once the uh, trades and once the things came out of school, then we seen things turned around. And I think that um, it's really all about empowering young people to pursue their purpose at a young age by giving them a trade and showing them things and teaching them things. But today, those things are not happening. So we see the results of those things not happening. What is your opinion of crypto? Of course, this is the new Vogue term. A lot of people are into Bitcoin, Litecoin, and the rest of them. What is your opinion of this? Well, I think that uh, crypto has more value 
than the U.S. dollar. I'll tell you the reason <laughs> why sure. I say that. Because, you know, when I was a kid, um, you know, well, originally, I'll go back. Originally, the dollar bill was backed by gold. You know, one U.S. dollar paid a bear one dollar in gold. When I was a kid, we had something called a silver certificate dollar. You probably remember that. Yes. One dollar, U.S. dollar, one dollar in silver. Now, the gold is gone. The silver is gone. Now, the dollar bill says note, like car note, house note. It's borrowed. It has no value. So if a depression took place today, as we speak, monies will be laid out in the street with no value. So we have like a fiat economy. So what's the difference between money with no value and crypto? I think crypto is the future. It's cutting edge. And uh, the world is changing. And people, you know, are changing also, too. Going back to what we talked about earlier, when I was saying to you, the poverty level in America and abroad, you have to really think about it. We go into uh, the banks on average, we get less than 1% on our money. So when we think about it, the banks give us less than 1%. And as you and I speak right now, you know, inflation is climbing above 7%. So you have to really think about that. If the bank has given us less than 1% and inflation is above 7%, man, you could be literally be saving money in the bank as we speak and losing money at the same time because your money is just being saved in the bank. You're not getting getting ahead. So I always tell people, would you rather put monies in the bank and get negative 1% or would you rather put your money where the bank put their money? And I think that's where it's at. Right now, people are starting to become more educated about how the bank work, how systems work. And they're seeing that crypto can basically benefit them even even more. So people are getting more bang for their buck. So I think crypto is is the future. Uh, you know, we went from brick and mortar to click and order. So now, you know, we connected with the world. You know, we connected with the world. Like what's happening right now, you know, with the uh, war and things of that sort, the whole world is plugged in. So, you know, right now, crypto is something that's happening all around the world. So it's uh, I think we just have to be able to embrace change and um, accept what's happening and use it to our benefit. This interview is going to be all-encompassing because every time you say something, something else comes to mind. I'm thinking of, uh, did I hear you say that the banks are no longer required to hold 10% of our money? In other words, you put $100 in the bank and the bank lends nine times or 900. They create money out of thin air, fractional banking. But now when you go to the bank, you don't even see people. You need to make an appointment. Uh, yeah, break and mortar. But I think the, the branches are going away to just electronic banking. Oh, wow. Yeah, you said that, man. You right on. This is great. I love this conversation. I'll tell you this. Uh, I've said that banks are only required to keep 10 percent of our deposits. However, during the uh, the pandemic last year, banks, the Fed said you don't have to keep anything. So just recently, banks now are only keeping 10 percent of our deposits. So I always tell people that um, you want to really, really focus on fractional banking. And I want to be clear so people can get the education. And infinite banking. So fractional banking, banks, once again, by law, are required to keep only 10% of our deposits. So if I deposit $1,000 in the bank, the bank is only required to keep nine. And what they're going to invest that nine in? Uh, you know, home loans, student loans, credit cards, uh, real estate, stock market. And then the banks do something that may come to a surprise to a lot of people. Banks are heavily vested in life insurance. It's called B-O-L-I, B-O-L-I, Bank Owned Life Insurance. Last year during the pandemic, 
the banks in America purchase over $190 billion in life insurance. So people can look into that. But uh, the bottom line is, is that we go into the store today. What do we see? Machines. We go into the bank. We see machines. We go into the airport. We see machines. In the next five years, 85 million jobs are going to be displaced and in America. So you have to really think about that. We've uh, dealing with a time now where AI is taking over. A robot is about to take someone's job. So that's the reason why we got to really, really change and learn what's happening here, because I think technology can be a benefit, but it also can be a major hindrance for a lot of people because most people are pretty much conditioned to the nine to five work week or the nine to five mentality. And it's something that I call 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40. The average American works about 40 hours a week, works for 40 years and then try to retire male off of 40% of their retirement. And why do I say try to retire for 40% of their retirement? Because if you're retiring and let's say you have a 401k or TSP or pension, whatever it may be, and let's say you have a half a million dollars in your uh, 401k. Well, actually, a large percentage of that is going toward taxes. So we have to really, really educate ourselves because a lot of people are falling by the wayside, once again, because of a lack of financial literacy. I want to discuss our artificial intelligence later because that's going to be a transformation for not only the United States, but for the world. But let me stay here with whole life insurance. Banks buy life insurance because it offers benefits not available through their own products and institutions. Bank products have low rates and are taxable, while life insurance offers guaranteed growth, tax advantages, and an opportunity to shore up balance sheets with an asset so reliable it can be used as collateral. I want you to stay with life insurance because a lot of people are confused. They think you're buying a life insurance policy, but there's a big difference between whole life and a simple life insurance policy, correct? Yeah, there's a big difference, but I think something even deeper than that, we have to basically first break it down. See, whenever you hear the word insurance, it has to be attached to something. You just can't have insurance. So if I said uh, automobile insurance, you think about a car. If I said homeowner's insurance, you think about a home. But when people say life insurance, most Americans in abroad think about someone passing or dying. But the true meaning of life insurance is to transfer wealth. That's the true meaning, to transfer wealth. However, you have a type of insurance that's called final expense, and I'm sure you've heard of it. Final expense is specifically for burial. Final expense pays out within 48 hours without a death certificate. So we should never really be seeing GoFundMes, uh, bake sales, people standing on corners to bury their loved ones because final expense is so inexpensive that everyone should have final expense. Traditional life insurance can take anywhere between six to eight weeks to pay out. And sometimes funeral homes want their money right away. So a lot of people are in vulnerable positions. But I think as 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 Americans and, and, and abroad, we have to really understand the true meaning of life insurance. It's wealth transformation. And that's why the banks use it for those benefits. And not only that, banks heavily use it, like you said earlier, because it's tax free. And I think it's something everyone should know and write it down. Um, Internal Revenue Service Tax Code 7702. 7702. It's really important because 7702 is is the reason why life insurance is tax free. And a lot of people don't know we have three types of taxes. We have tax now, tax later, 
tax advantage. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.